Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every Saturday morning. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again. Hey, I love bringing you this show and this particular show you may love because if you're a regular listener to the show, you know I do this morning rant thing. Well, this whole show is rant. Rant, rant, rant. Actually, there's two of them. But uh, I'm going to tie a couple things in together. I, I had a rant prepared, I was all ready to give it, and I saw a billboard, and boom, I had to do another rant, so uh, I don't know, lucky you, maybe, we'll see, it's going to be pretty bold, I might upset a couple of people, but uh, I decided years ago that I was going to speak my truth and uh, let the cards fall where they may, so that's what we'll do. Now, my mother was perhaps my greatest supporter throughout life, and one of my greatest supporters here on Vitality Radio. It's strange. This is the second show that I'm recording that she uh, is unable to listen to, at least uh, here with her human ears. And uh, so there will be a little bit of a little bit of melancholy for a while. I'm experiencing that on a near daily basis right now as I uh, get used to this thing because it is different. Uh, neither of my parents with me anymore. Uh, such amazing inspirations in my life. My dad being my hero when it comes to health and nutrition and alternative thinking and my mother being just such a beautiful, beautiful support throughout my life. I uh, I miss them both an awful lot. I want you to know that I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for them. And so Vitality Radio will always live in dedication to those two amazing people. Okay, without further ado, the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right. I had a rant ready, as I said. And I was excited to deliver it. In fact, it was going to happen last week, and uh, due to circumstances a little beyond my control, I had to end up uh, running a a rerun last week. A lot of stuff going on in my life, as I mentioned, uh, not the least of which, of course, my mother uh, passing away. But uh, this rant that I was going to deliver last week is even better this week because some new information has become available. So I'm excited to deliver that. That was going to be the only rant, and I was going to do a different topic. For you who are regular listeners, you'll know I was almost at the end of the Vital Five. I did one through four. The fifth one is still coming, I promise. It just keeps getting backburnered for stuff that I guess I feel is just a little more important, uh, even though that one I do consider vital. So anyway, it's coming, don't worry. The fifth installment of the Vital Five will be with you in the next week or two. But in the meantime, I've got this other rant, and it's awesome, but I'm putting that back to the end of the show so that I can deliver a rant that just happened to me yesterday, or or came across my vision, I guess, yesterday, in the form of a billboard. Now, what could a billboard do that would end up making me want to take more than half of my show to talk about it because it was so irritating to me? Well, I really am grateful to the people at IHC, Intermountain Healthcare. Now, I never thought I'd say that because for the most part, as you'll learn from this rant, I don't agree with most of the things that IHC does. Certainly don't agree with this billboard, but this is a topic that I haven't tackled in quite this way ever before 
and I'm excited to bring it to you. So what did the billboard say? It said, we're here for every slip and every sniffle. Ah, isn't that sweet? Those sweet, sweet people at IHC. Anytime we slip and fall, anytime our little noses run, they want to be there for us. Man, I'll tell you, I'm so grateful to have giant corporations like IHC in my corner when I have a sniffle. Okay, why am I ranting about this? Well, I want to know, when did medical dependency in this country begin? I mean, the propaganda of medicine has a stranglehold on most of us in this country, especially new parents, which I think this is very much geared towards that sniffle thing, right? When you own a store like I do, Vitality Nutrition, that promises to help people live a healthier life, you get to hear amazing stories and, at the same time, make some really interesting observations. Many years ago, I realized that perhaps the biggest and most positive influence that I could have in this world was in educating and empowering people to actually take charge of their own health. I think I recognized it prior to doing Vitality Radio, but it's become a very clear thing over the last 10 years that I've been doing this radio show. Perhaps the biggest thing that stands out to me is when I share with one of my clients that I have only ever used one antibiotic ever in my life. People look at me like I'm e- I either misspoke or I'm crazy or, or maybe I'm lying, but it's true. I've only ever used one antibiotic in my whole life. And guess what? I'm 46 years old. I'm still alive and well. In fact, I've been to the doctor maybe a total of 10 times in my life. As a child, I think I was only taken to a doctor twice by my parents, and both of those were for physical injuries. Once I cracked my head open when I was five, and another time I tore all the ligaments up in my ankle playing basketball when I was about 16. Is it that I've never been sick? Have I never had strep throat or an ear infection or sinus infection or bronchitis or any other number of other ailments? No, I've had my share of illness. I mean, I've mostly been healthy, but I get all that stuff that everybody gets. You know, I've had the flu, and I've had colds, and I've had sinus infections, and all those things. I was just taught by my parents that drugs ought to be reserved for very severe ailments, in which a natural approach may not be strong enough, that drugs, to a large degree, should be considered more lifesavers than anything that would actually be the first line of defense. I remember fondly now uh, when I was little and I don't know how old I was but I know my oldest brother Craig was in the house and I think he was a teenager he's eight years older than me so maybe I was eight nine ten years old something like that and I was complaining that something hurt and I don't remember what it was because I don't think I had a headache I don't remember ever having a headache until I was into adulthood adulthood And I asked him what I could do about it, and he said, well, you could take some aspirin. And I said, what's that? And he said, you don't know what aspirin is? And I said, no, what's aspirin? He says, well, I'm not even sure if we have any, but Mom might have some up here in the medicine cabinet. And that's about all I remember, and I don't think I ever took this stuff. But that concept was so foreign to me, I'd never taken a pain reliever in my life up to that point, and I'm pretty sure I didn't take it then, although I can't remember it that clearly. I was pretty young, but that's just how we were. We didn't take drugs. I still don't take drugs under almost any circumstance. Uh, I'm drug-free, and and I like it that way. So why is it that when I tell somebody that that's how I live my life and that I've only ever been on one antibiotic, that people look at me like, huh? How is that possible? How could you only ever be on one antibiotic. I mean, it's across the board. Almost anybody I talk to that I tell that to thinks it's crazy. How did I live this long? I know that sounds extreme, but really, how do you get through life without an antibiotic? Because they're given out like candy by most doctors, and we have all these issues with it. Antibiotic-resistant strains of of, uh, bacteria like MRSA, C. diff, things like that that have sprung up from our antibiotic dependence, essentially, in this country. But people think it's weird that I've only ever had one antibiotic. So when I saw this 
billboard, which to me was just blatant medical propaganda. A suggestion that said that IHC is here for every slip and every sniffle. I immediately knew it was going to be on today's radio show. Why? Because who takes their kid to a doctor for every slip and sniffle? I'll tell you who. People who've been trained that only a doctor knows how to heal a patient. Is that billboard actually suggesting that every time my kid has a runny nose, I should get him into the doctor to make sure he doesn't get deathly ill? Well, actually, yes, I think that is exactly what it's suggesting. The last thing that modern medicine, hospitals, doctors, drug companies, and the like want you to believe is that you really don't need them the vast majority of the time that you get sick. They don't want you to believe that any more than Gatorade wants you to believe that you don't need to drink their product every time you break a sweat. For longer than I've been alive, but especially over the last few decades, we as a general population have been conditioned to believe that only our doctor knows how to treat illness, that only drugs work, and that most sickness is caused is a cause for serious alarm. None of this is even close to the truth. I'm going to be very bold today because I've grown sick and tired of this line of thinking. So at the risk of upsetting some people listening, here goes. Here's the truth as far as I see it. Your doctor most likely doesn't know much, if anything, about how to heal what is wrong with you. Your doctor has been trained primarily to treat your symptoms or to perform a surgical procedure to cut out the offending part of your body so that the symptom can't occur. Does that sound extreme? It might. So I'll give you some examples to tell you how I feel it is not extreme, but it is actually the honest truth. Let's start with example number one, and I've got five of them. Sinus infections. Okay, what is a sinus infection? A sinus infection is something in the sinuses that causes inflammation, pain like sinus headaches, uh, congestion, runny nose, you know, sniffles like they talk about on the billboard, those types of things. And an infection, of course, would be something that's not supposed to be there. So it's going to be a bacteria or a virus or maybe it's a fungal thing or something that is, it has infected our system and, and made us not well. Well, why do I mention sinus infections? They're very, very common. And what's the most common treatment for a sinus infection? It's the antibiotic. The problem is that even the AMA, American Medical Association, the FDA, and other organizations within modern health have determined that 85% of sinus infections are not bacterial. So what does that mean? What does an antibiotic do to something that's not a bacterial infection? Well, nothing. It can't kill a virus. It doesn't typically kill fungal infections. So why would an antibiotic be the most common line of defense? Aha. A little pregnant pause there because there's no good answer for it. I mean, the answers that are given are that patients demand an antibiotic when they have a sinus infection. And so the doctor feels obligated that maybe the patient might go somewhere else if, if that doctor does not provide the antibiotic. That's a real concern. Maybe the patient will leave a bad review on Yelp or Google or any number of other places now where you can leave a review for everybody from your auto mechanic to your doctor. Regardless... The doctor's job is to prescribe medicine correctly or to not prescribe medicine incorrectly. Remember that thing, first do no harm? And yet, we're giving antibiotics for sinus infections at an alarming rate still, even though doctors have been told, don't do it. Because most sinus infections will clear themselves in 7 to 10 days with or without medicine. Well, what does that mean? If you get a 7-day or a 10-day antibiotic treatment, then you think, hey, my sinus infection's gone. That's awesome, right? Oh, 
Well, maybe it would have been gone even if I didn't have an antibiotic. And yet, now that I've had the antibiotic, I've set myself up for future infections because my immune system is now at a greater level of compromise. Okay, so that's example one of where going to a doctor can actually make you sicker instead of more well because medicine is doing it wrong in so many ways. How about number two, gallbladder removal. Now, we've been conditioned, I think. Now, I'll say this. I'll say that most Americans, I think, don't really know what their gallbladder does. So, you know, raise your hand if you know what the gallbladder does. Well, when I talk about gallbladders in the aisle at Vitality or when I'm doing a nutritional consult with one of my clients, I'll explain to someone kind of what the gallbladder does. Now, some people understand it, but more often than not, people are a little sketchy on that. In fact, even people who've had it removed don't quite understand why it's even there in the first place. I'm going to present an idea that might sound radical, but I believe that God put the gallbladder there for a reason. Does that seem radical to you? Or does it seem maybe logical? seems logical to me. We can live without a gallbladder, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't remove them. If they remove your liver, you die. So they don't remove the liver. They remove both kidneys, you die, but they can remove one kidney, right? There are certain things we can live without. doesn't necessarily we're going to live well without them. So why would a gallbladder be removed? Well, first off, what does it do? The gallbladder is just a storage center for something called bile, and bile helps us to break down fat. And when we eat fatty foods, the gallbladder is triggered and sends bile into the stomach to help start breaking down that fat. Okay, it's pretty simple. Well, the liver produces bile, the gallbladder just holds it. And if the gallbladder's gone, then the liver just kind of slow drips bile all the time. We never have enough when we need it. We never have, and yet we have too much when we don't. So that's what the gallbladder does. Why is that a problem? Well, if you don't have a gallbladder, then it's much more difficult to break down fat. Now, I don't know if that sounds good or bad or otherwise there's a lot of controversy about fat out there. And I don't have time to talk about it in great detail right now. But it's a problem because we want to be able to break down our fat if for no other reason so that we can absorb the good things that we need in fat, such as omega-3s, fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin E and vitamin D and vitamin K and so on. So it's a big deal. And the thing is, you may have acute gallbladder pain and it's miserable. I've had it. You don't want that. And if your gallbladder is full of stones... It can cause all kinds of pain, and potentially, if it gets bad enough, it can kill you. So there are times when the gallbladder ought to be removed. But more often than not, speaking to uh, doctors who I actually trust and reading up on it and educating myself, I believe the gallbladder can and should be saved because, well, it's there for a proper purpose, and we ought not to just act like it's unnecessary, even though we can live without it. How about number three, autoimmune disease? Oh, this is a big one. It's a big one that I barely knew what it was 40 years ago. Okay, 40 years ago, I was only six. But 30 years ago, when I was 16 and I was working at my parents' health food store, I didn't know what autoimmune disease was. I'd heard of rheumatism back then, rheumatism, right? So rheumatoid arthritis is what we call that now, I guess. I think rheumatism used to be aches and pains that people weren't sure what they what, what it was. Well, now we have all these autoimmune diseases, tons of them, things I'd never heard of before, like myasthenia gravis, ugh, lupus, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and so many, so many others. And they are running rampant in our society, and I believe there are a lot of reasons for that, but I'm not going to talk about the reasons for autoimmunity. What I'm going to talk about is the treatment How is medicine treating autoimmunity? Well, the first line of defense is almost always a powerful drug or set of drugs that will cause serious side effects either immediately or eventually. The idea is to shut down the immune system to a point to where the body doesn't react against itself anymore. And 
without thinking very deeply about it, maybe that makes sense. If the immune system's auto, uh, you know, auto on or hyperactive, and we calm that down, we'll feel better, right? Okay, fair enough. But why is the immune system hyperactive? It's not because it's missing a dangerous drug that's similar to something that you would get if you had cancer. That has nothing to do with it. The reason it's hyperactive is because we have a problem underlying, and usually, if not always, it has a whole lot to do with our diet. But how many times have I had somebody come into Vitality and say to me, hey, I've got an autoimmune disease, and my doctor told me I need to really change my diet. I need to get rid of inflammatory foods. I probably need to eat no sugar or very little sugar. I probably should look out for gluten or dairy. That never happens. I mean, that never happens. I had a doctor that told a 10-year-old girl, the sweetest little thing, 10 years old, diagnosed with Crohn's disease, that she should still eat cake with her friends, that the drugs would take care of her problem. And then after she was on drugs for about a year, to the point where she was in bed for 23 days straight, missed 23 days of school, After that, the doctor said, well, the only real option we have now is the removal of her colon. And that's when her mom said, okay, enough is enough. We're not going that route. And that's when they learned about health and nutrition and what they could do to actually control this thing without the use of drugs, without the use of surgery. Because, yeah, you can live without a big chunk of your colon, But you don't want to. I promise you that. But the doctor never made one recommendation as to a change in diet. That's bad medicine. That's terrible medicine. And that doctor should be not only ashamed, but should not be practicing medicine, in my opinion. Okay. How about acid reflux? Here's one I've had. I've talked about it on Vitality Radio before, and man, it's nasty. Oh, my goodness. You get a really bad case of acid reflux. It's terrible. It's also known as GERD. This sounds awful, right? I mean, GERD. It almost sounds worse than cancer. Just the sound of it's gross. But acid reflux and GERD are real, and if you've got it, it hurts. To the point where when I was younger, 20 years ago, younger, I would wake up in the middle of the night with a mouthful of acid and literally have to stumble to the bathroom and spit it out, and it hurt, and I, my stomach would be so sour. And over time, that acid burned my esophagus to the point where I have this little spot in my throat where I can't even swallow most of the pills that I sell at Vitality because I created so much scar tissue. Because I didn't treat my acid reflux as I should have early enough. But guess who hasn't had surgery and who has never used an acid reflux drug and yet does not have acid reflux anymore? Because I went to someone who knew what they were doing and recommended some changes, recommended some diet changes, recommended some supplementation. And after four months of doing those things, I didn't have symptoms anymore. And 99% of the time, no exaggeration, I don't have symptoms now 20 plus years later. But what do they do when you have acid reflux and you go to your doctor? Your doctor, more often than not, is going to put you on a PPI, a proton pump inhibitor, which we now know, based on meta-analysis, causes 25% more likely to die of all causes after 10 years on a PPI. I want you to hear that again. 25% more likely to die of all causes after being on a PPI for 10 years. Well, guess what the FDA says about PPIs? They say you should never be on them for more than 8 to 12 weeks at one time, ever. And yet doctors put people on them for years. I've met people that have been on them for over 20 years, these drugs. More bad medicine. So when IHC says, yeah, we're here for every slip and every sniffle, ah, if you're really sick, I'm not here to tell you don't go to your doctor. 
Don't go to the emergency room. I will if I'm really sick. When I had that reflux thing, I went to the doctor. I heard what he had to say. I had him do a scope and see what was going on in there. That's how I know what's happening inside of that esophagus of mine. And frankly, I wish I had done a PPI. I wish I had done it for about six to eight weeks like my doctor asked me to. I think it was a bad move when I was 26 years old. I would have been able to calm down things in my esophagus while in the background I fixed what was going on with my digestive system and then maybe I would have an easier time swallowing pills today because I wouldn't have caused so much distress and so much uh, acid to come up into my esophagus and so much scar tissue. So sometimes you can be a little too scared of medicine. I'll admit that. Sometimes drugs have their place. I'm not here to say that, they're, that they don't. I'm also not here to say that I know more than your doctor about all this stuff or whatever. I will say this. I probably know more than your doctor about nutrition. He or she knows a whole lot more about drugs. And therein lies the rub. Because I personally think there are a lot of things you can do short of drugs, which is why I do Vitality Radio to help you educate. But my job legally is not to be your doctor. I don't have an MD behind my name. I don't have any initials behind my name. And so I can't replace his or her advice. I'm, I can't diagnose illness like your doctor can. And I can't prescribe medicine like your doctor can. It's illegal for me to do that. So my job, as I see it, is to tell you that there is an alternative and that you ought to research it because more often than not, you can do something smarter than a drug for whatever it is that ails you. But of course, IHC says, hey, if you've got a sniffle, come see us. <laughs> uh, no, I'm calling BS on that, IHC. You don't go to IHC when you got a sniffle. You can fix that, right? There are things you can do, <laughs> one of them being just wait it out, right? 85% of sinus infections will go away on their own within 10 days with no treatment at all. Yeah, okay, it's 10 days of a sinus infection. That stinks, right? But that leads me to my next bad medicine thing that proves, I believe, that we ought not to just rush to the doctor and rush to drugs every time we've got a little ailment. Chronic recurring infections. This is a big deal. And sinus infections are one of the biggest. Another one, urinary tract infections. Another one, strep. Another one, pneumonia. Another one, bronchitis. Another one, ear infections. The list goes on quite a while. But those are the biggies that I hear about all the time. Why do we get a sinus infection over and over and over again? Why do some people come into Vitality and say, man, I'm on my fourth sinus infection this winter. It's driving me crazy. And I ask them, well, how many antibiotics have you been on? Four. Hmm, maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's not the sinus infection. Maybe it's not the sinuses. Maybe it's not a deviated septum. Maybe it's none of that. Maybe it is that you've been on four antibiotics every year for the last five years, and you've got nothing left to defend yourself with. Because it's the probiotics that hang out in that sinus cavity, that hang out in your intestinal tract, that create the defense against those infections. And every time an antibiotic goes in there and wipes those guys out, of course you're at risk for another infection. You're far more likely to get another infection. And yet this is something that's rarely, if ever, talked about. The fact that the more antibiotics you have, the more antibiotics you'll need. It's a real problem. And it's one of the biggest things that drives me crazy about medicine today because, man, I'll tell you, there are a hundred different ways to handle a sinus infection that have nothing to do with antibiotics, one of which, as I said, just wait it out. But if you don't want to wait it out and you want to knock it out quicker, good for you. Maybe something that is naturally antifungal and antiviral as opposed to antibiotic, or, or sorry, anti bacterial because 85% of sinus infections aren't bacterial. So maybe a nasal wash with simple salt water might be one of the really, really simple things you could do. Maybe colloidal silver, 
up in the sinuses, which I've seen do wonders for people. Maybe just boosting up the immune system with some of the most simple things, vitamin D, vitamin C, echinacea, oregano, olive leaf. These types of things can do really, really wonderful things for you without wiping out your body's natural ability to get rid of these infections. If you've got recurring infections of any kind that are recurring in the same part of the body and you've been on multiple antibiotics for that same type of infection, that is why you have slipped down the slippery slope and you can climb back up. You just have to build your gut back up to the point where you don't have to be on that anymore. We help people with that all the time. Bad medicine is treating an ailment with an antibiotic that isn't even a bacterial problem or treating an ailment that doesn't require an antibiotic jumping on an antibiotic way too soon when there are alternatives that work better with less, if any, side effects. The list can continue to go on and on. I could fill 10 Vitality Radio episodes with this rant because it is so maddening to me. Now, if you listen to me on a regular basis, you can tell I'm a little hyper-passionate right now because this one drives me crazy. This stupid billboard, this propaganda that we've been taught that we have to run to the hospital or run to the doctor every time we're sick is garbage. It is garbage. It's simply not true. We can get better. When you cut yourself, it naturally tries to heal, and more often than not, it heals just fine. When you break your arm, even if you don't set it, it will heal. It'll heal crooked, and that's a great time to go to a doctor. Go get it straightened out. It'll heal up great, right? When we get sick, our body wants to be well. And more often than not, it will get well over time. You can boost your ability to get well by just simply giving your body the things that it needs. But Doing drugs for the sake of doing drugs because you don't know what else to do, that's on you. That's not on your doctor. That's on you. And that's why Vitality Radio exists. Because when people give me this blank look when I say I've only ever used one antibiotic in my life because they're like, how is that possible? That's when I say, let me show you how it's possible. Let me tell you what I do when I have a sore throat. Let me tell you what I do when I have a sinus infection. Let me tell you what I do when I have indigestion. Because drugs, more often than not, are not the right answer. It's really as simple as that. Okay, I'm going to cut to a break, and I'm going to bring you the original rant that I was going to do. I hope I can keep this level of energy up because I've really enjoyed giving you this show today. Uh, We're going to do rant number two upon my return. You're listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. Of all the gimmicks that ever were, perhaps men's sexual performance ads and products are at the top of the list. So why would I approve a men's sexual performance ad to air during Vitality Radio? That's easy. This one is legit. Full disclosure, I formulated this one myself after years of frustration with the lack of great products available. Man Up is the formula. How it works is threefold. First, it delivers a significant dose of L-citrulline, which creates nitric oxide, thereby increasing blood flow and oxygen to muscle tissue. This not only improves performance and endurance, but also has the side benefit of being very good for your heart and cardiovascular system. Second, Man Up helps with hormone balance and natural testosterone production. And third, Man Up even helps calm performance anxiety, something a lot of men struggle with after having issues with sexual performance. Man Up is safe and can be used daily or as needed. It is great for the gym or the bedroom. So if you're tired of the endless hype ads about male performance supplements, and are ready for one that is natural, safe, effective, and guaranteed, it's time to try Man Up. For more information about Man Up, call Vitality Nutrition at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. 
Alrighty, welcome back to Vitality Radio. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again. I'm so mm, amped, this show. <laughs> I, I'm a little fired up and uh, taking a little bit of the gloves off this time, and I hope that's okay with you. And just one thing I want to mention about the first rant before I move on to rant number two for the day, and that is this. The important thing here is empowerment. We live in an age that can be very confusing, right? You can't trust everything on the internet. You've heard that, right? Maybe most things on the internet. I don't know. But you know what you can trust? You can trust a lot of stuff that's on the internet, and you can use the internet as a way to at least get some answers to some questions that you've got. There are both sides out there, right? There's the alternative side is all over the internet, and WebMD and all those guys are all over the internet too, and I highly recommend going to both places. Learn what the medical approach is. Learn what the natural approach is. Find somebody you trust and ask questions. Sort it out in your mind and figure out what you need to do for you and your family before you just assume that this antibiotic is the way I'm going to go or I need an antibiotic in the first place or whatever else. There are things that can be done short of drugs and surgeries that in many cases, I dare say in most cases, will make you healthier and at the very least have far less side effects. And this is another thing. I mean, there are times when you have an acute illness that is a do or die situation. I get that. And I'm so grateful for modern medicine when it can save our lives, which it does. Right? I mean, if I'm ever in a massive car accident, I want that life flight there and I want to be in the hospital with them saving me. If I snap my arm in two, if I tear a ligament, a ligament in my knee, that surgery that they can do is amazing, right? There's some really cool things in modern medicine. I promise you, I don't poo-poo all of it. There are just so many problems and we have to be aware And the only way that you can make the right decision for you and your family is to educate yourself. I don't want you to take my word for it. I'm just here shouting a little bit today to try and get your attention. You don't have to believe a word I say or take any of it at anything other than just face value. But what I would like you to do is figure out for yourself what you need to do to take care of your health, become empowered, Don't feel like there's only one source for this information because there are many and you need to check them all out so you can make up the right decision or make up, uh, make up your mind for yourself and do the right thing by you and your family. Especially, I started off talking about young parents, young parents, man, you have your first child and every noise that comes out of that baby is analyzed. I know (laughs) I got a bunch of kids myself. I get it. And you get nervous and you don't want to do anything wrong. But guess what? We as a race, we've survived pretty well for a long time. And for the vast majority of that time, without all these drugs, there are things that can be done naturally that can do wonderful things for us. We just have to understand how. And most things aren't an emergency. So why not try a natural approach first? You can always fall back on medicine if you need to. All right. End of rant one, and time for morning rant number two. Okay, so the second rant has to do with something called glyphosate. You ever heard of it? I know you've heard of this one, Roundup. Roundup. Roundup, the weed killer. Man, I remember when that stuff first came on the market, and we were seeing those commercials, and it was like, wow, this stuff's amazing. You can spray it, and everything dies. Well, that's actually pretty close to the truth, it turns out. The World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, you know, they are the second most awesome WHO uh, after the band, and it's, they're a pretty distant second. But the World Health Organization, not always mm, in agreement with the things that I say, but one thing that they decided a while back now, 2015, I believe, is that Roundup causes cancer. Now, There are a few countries, including France, that have recently banned 
Roundup, glyphosate. That's not a small thing because you might think of Roundup as the stuff you spray on your weeds and you think, well, okay, so they banned glyphosate. I can use a different weed killer or whatever. But Roundup is ubiquitous in our society. It's everywhere. And the reason it's everywhere is because it is sprayed by the metric ton, literally, on our crops, genetically modified crops in particular, but most crops uh, that are not raised organically are raised with the aid of Roundup. And this stuff, glyphosate, is the primary chemical in Roundup, is everywhere. It's so ubiquitous that it's even showing up in most breakfast cereal. In other words, you pour a bowl of cereal and you think, oh, you know, it's got whole grains and it's got, you know, this or that. And you know, ah, it's good for me. By the way, cereal, not really your best breakfast option more often than not. But I digress. You pour a bowl of cereal, you don't want to also spray some Roundup on it. The good news is you don't need to. It's already there. It's already in like 68% of it. Is that alarming to you at all? Well, it shouldn't be, right? Because we know the science backs that Roundup is safe for humans. You can drink this stuff, according to the scientists that developed this chemical. And that might sound a little extreme. You can drink the stuff. But it's kind of true. You can literally drink it and you won't drop dead. It's not like cyanide. But what does it do? Well, this is the interesting thing. It works on what's called the shikimati pathway, which is involved with the plant synthesis of certain amino acids. And it disrupts that shikimati pathway, and then the plant can't live. It prevents it from living because it can't process those amino acids. That's awesome because that happens in plants, but there is no shikimati pathway in humans. The human body doesn't use the shikimati pathway to process certain amino acids like the plant does. But I actually kind of told a little white lie there intentionally. Because while the human body doesn't use the shikimati pathway, the human bacteria inside of the body does. So that gut bacteria I talked about in the first part, the first rant, that gut bacteria that antibiotics are wiping out left and right, well, guess what? Roundup hurts it too, kills it. Roundup also acts like a xenoestrogen, which confuses the heck out of our endocrine system. That's a whole nother story for another day. But if Roundup doesn't kill humans, per se, but it does kill human bacteria, then maybe it actually is deadly. Because human bacteria is critical to human health. So while the World Health Organization, not my best friend, says that Roundup is carcinogenic, and new studies are showing, meta-analysis showing that maybe it increases the risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma by up to 41%, there's a lot of debate about that right now. So I'm not going to dwell on that right now. But we, we know that it, it increases it. Whether or not the 41% is accurate is up for grabs and I don't know what I believe because I've read, I've read a lot on both sides of that. The point of the matter is this stuff is bad for you. And long-term exposure has never really been fully tested. We just don't know. What we do know is we're getting mass quantities of it. And I'm not convinced that things like this, Roundup, in the quantity that it is present in our, in our uh, environment now, in our food supply, I'm not convinced that that's not the reason why cancer and new kinds of cancer that didn't used to be a big deal are now a much bigger deal. I'm not convinced that autoimmune disease, which is usually a gut ailment, may not be largely due to Roundup. I don't know that it isn't. I don't know that it is. But it makes sense that if Roundup is killing bacteria in the gut, along with all the antibiotics in animal feed, along with all the antibiotics that we're taking intentionally, and all the other things, there's just so many things striking against the human microbiome that of course we're sick, of course we're getting autoimmune disease, of course children are getting autoimmune disease. Man, that drives me nuts. Nothing worse than hearing from a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old who's got some chronic somewhat debilitating disease that 
the doctor says they can't get rid of. We'll just control the symptoms because that's all we've got. Well, that's not all we've got. There is a way that we can improve our health. And one of the things that we can do is stay away from these chemicals. You know, I used to say on Vitality Radio that one of the things that I understand, organic's expensive. And so maybe you can't use organic all the time. And I'm not going to lie. Okay, very few people that walk into a grocery store have read more about this stuff than I have. And I've got my nine-year-old and my six-year-old sitting in the cart at Target the other day. This is two days ago. We're sitting in the cart at Target. We're looking at the berries. They love raspberries and blackberries. And we're looking at the organic berries. And we're looking at the non-organic berries. And guess what? The organic berries are about 40% more expensive. That's not a small thing, right? That stuff adds up. If I got to pay four bucks for a pint of raspberries versus two fifty for a pint of raspberries, oh, if I want to choke out that other buck fifty, I get it. The struggle is real, even for me, and I understand all this stuff maybe better than most people do. But some things you've just got to do. We have to make determinations as to what we're willing to put up with. And we have to vote with our dollar. And one of the things that's working really, really well, voting with our dollar, is buying organic. Because I'm telling you right now that Costco, across the street from Vitality Nutrition, there is a Costco. They sell a lot of garbage. They sell a lot of great stuff. Kind of a hodgepodge of all kinds of things. But one of the things they sell a ton of now is organic food. And it's pretty economical over there. Sometimes cheaper than you can buy conventional stuff in the regular grocery store. Well, that didn't used to be the case just five years ago, but it is now. And that's because people like you, people like me are saying, we're going to buy organic because we know it's the right thing to do. And it's the right thing to do for so many reasons, because not only is it better for you, not only are there more nutrients in organic food, that's proven. Far less chemicals, if any, that's proven. But also we're supporting a culture shift. We're supporting companies who support healthy practices, and we're taking money out of the companies who don't support healthy practices. We're taking money out of companies like Monsanto, who gave us Roundup in the first place. And that's important. That's a big deal. So we've got to do it. We have to do it. And all I can tell you is baby steps. Look online for the Clean 15. EWG is the name of the, the site, ewg.org. That's Environmental Working Group. They have nothing to do with me, but I have a little bit of something to do with them because I use them a lot. They're a great resource. They can tell you what sunscreen you should use and which ones you shouldn't, for instance. But one thing they have is they have what's called the Dirty Dozen, which is not the awesome movie. That's a great show, but you're, you you got to look past that. you got to do Environmental Working Group or EWG.org Dirty Dozen and EWG.org Clean 15. And you'll find the 15 foods that uh, fruits and vegetables that you can... You can kind of feel okay about not buying organic because there are probably not that many chemicals in there anyway. But the Dirty Dozen, which includes those berries I was just talking about, you need to buy those organic. You really do because there's so many chemicals on those raspberries and blackberries and strawberries. You, got, you don't want those. You don't want to give those to yourself, let alone your children. And as I say this, I feel a little guilty that it took me a long time to figure that out, that I really just need to spring for the extra few bucks for organic. We have to take a stand. We have to do what's right. And we have to support the companies that support the right way of doing things. So how do we get rid of Roundup? I've talked about it. Uh, I've, got, I've got a commercial I produced, but I'm going to tell you live here on the show as well. There is a petition going around. 
you've got to text the words round down to the number 40649. That's round down to the number 40649. When you do that, they'll send you a text back showing you exactly how to sign the petition. Literally, the entire process takes about a minute, minute and a half. It's real simple. I did it myself just about a week ago. Text round down to the number 40649, and that will get a petition in the hands of the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, the company that sh- should have gotten rid of Roundup a long time ago. And if it sounds too good to be true, like maybe we can actually get rid of Roundup, well, France did it. I believe the Netherlands did it. There's three countries so far that I'm aware of. It can happen, and it needs to happen. And a lot of things that sound too good to be true eventually do happen. We can do this if enough of us care enough. So let's start by signing this petition. Round down to the number 40649. Our good friends at Megafood are the ones that started this thing, and good for them for doing it. I'm excited to to be a part of it myself. Round down to the number 40649. Okay, so I gave you two rants today. I got a little passionate about them. I hope that's okay. I hope you enjoyed the information. I know I went through a bunch of stuff, and of course, it's hard to uh, hit all the points that I need to hit. Remember, I am not your doctor. I don't replace his or her advice. I can't diagnose illness, and I can't treat illness like your doctor can. My job is to tell you what I believe to be true. Your job is to determine what's best for you. It's really as simple as that. Thank you so much for listening to me on this episode of Vitality Radio. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody uh, and spread the word about what we're doing on Vitality Radio. Thank you so much for listening to me. I am Jared St. Clair, and this has been another episode of Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.